to the Watershed Wellness Podcast. Uh, I'm Eric Gray, one of the co-owners of Watershed Wellness and also uh, one of the acupuncturists. Uh, and I am here with Rowan, uh, who is the main acupuncturist at the Portland location. Hi, Rowan. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I am not, I'm not bad, actually. Um, one of the, one of the things that we wanted to do on this podcast, um, is kind of just to give a sense, you know, one of the things I find, um, when people will call on the phone, which you don't hear very often just because the, the receptionist is not in that office. Um, but we, we have this, uh, wonderful new receptionist, Sarah, uh, here at, at the Astoria location, and I've been overhearing, um, her talk to people. And it's really super interesting to hear the, the types of things that people are asking. And one of the things I think people really sometimes um, struggle with when they're thinking about coming to an acupuncture session or really any of the things that we do at Watershed uh, is that they don't know what the heck is going to happen. Like they're, they're very confused. You know, they, they, cause they, I think they try to extrapolate either from what they've seen, uh, you know, whatever limited stuff they've seen on television or from, regular doctor's visits and they just can't imagine like being at a doctor's office and then suddenly getting, you know, little needles stuck in their body. Like they just don't, they don't know how to even think about it. And so uh, I thought maybe we could just talk a little bit uh, about what you do during a session, uh, if that sounds okay. Yeah, totally. So, so maybe just, I mean, maybe just like walk us through the process, you know, from beginning to end for a new patient, um, just to get a sense for, for what it's actually like. Yeah, I think um, getting acupuncture is probably more similar flow-wise to getting a massage. So if people have totally. experience with that, that kind of helps because it's like you walk into the room, I'm not wearing a lab coat, you sit in the chair, you know, a big right, chair. Right. I'm wearing like, you know, normal clothes that are kind of nice-ish. <laughs> and, you know, we both sit down and just chat for a while and interview people about what's going on with them in, in a pretty comprehensive way. So um, certainly, I'm curious if they have pain, like when did it start, what makes it worse, what makes it better, but also just like, what does your body temperature feel like? And, you know, do you get nauseous ever? And all, you know, all the possible things that could be happening with a person. Right. Um, which is a lot of things that people aren't used to talking about, especially like, are you thirsty? People are like, what do you mean? Um, right. Yeah, yeah. They're always like, people always say, I drink a lot of water. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. But how are you thirsty? <laughs> Do you want to be drinking that water? Or are you like forcing <laughs> yeah. yourself to drink that water? What's going right, on? Right. Right. No, I think this is actually a really important point and not to interrupt, but just to say that, like, um, I think it is one of the things that's sort of unique. I mean, it's a little bit maybe more about like going to a, a medical doctor than like a massage in that way. And that there's a, a, an attempt to kind of get a review of systems, right? Like a, a full, a full, you know, and so people come in they're like, I have knee pain and you're asking them about like their bowel movements and they're very confused, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah so you do, you do a pretty comprehensive uh, kind of discussion, just asking questions. Yeah. And then, and then what? And then we will uh, put people, well, then I'm going to feel a pulse. So in Chinese right. medicine, our, we have several diagnostic systems that we like to lay on top of each other and make sure they all agree. So the first is questioning. We're asking a person to tell us about their experience. And then there's looking, which is where we observe, like, is there something obviously going on with their face or with the skin on their hands that we can see? Or, you know, if we um, look at their legs or their arms, like, what's going on there. And then there's pulse taking. And so the pulse has a ton of information sort of as much as you want to geek out about it. There's new levels of geekery (laughs) to be had basically. (laughs) Um, 
And within the pulse, we find not only the rate of rhythm, which we do care about, but also the qualities in each position, which have a lot to do with all of the organs and channels, um, and not only what's happening with them now, but also what has happened with them historically. So sure. there's like, you know, a lot of layers to get into. So I might spend yeah. anywhere from like a few minutes to like 10 minutes feeling someone's pulse, depending on like right. what's going on. Right. And I think it's important to note that every, every practitioner does pulse a little bit differently. And you, at least in part, are part of a pulse tradition that is quite, can be quite detailed and, and take a little bit longer. Whereas they might have been to other acupuncturists if they have been to one where it's a little bit less, uh, less time or, you know, there's a little bit less levels, uh, fewer le- levels of detail. Yeah. So it's, totally. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And do you do uh, any other hands on type of diagnosis? Um, I do local palpation a fair amount. So once I have someone on the table, so um, skipping ahead a little bit, people will lie down on the massage table. Um, and then that's where the needling happens. So before I do any needling, especially if it's someone's first appointment, I sort of talk them through like, here's an acupuncture needle. Here's what it might feel like. Um, it might be tingly. It might feel dull and achy. It might not feel like much at all. It just depends on your experience. Um, right. And then I'm going to be pressing along the channels, um, particularly in places where thinking about treating that channel in the first place, like someone comes in and they have a bronchitis, let's say, uh, I'm going to be investigating their lung channel to be like, is there a place where there's a giant nodule or um, a giant rash or something that's just like really interesting? Um, right. Because that helps me also say if there's a big nodule somewhere, either that's chi stagnation or there's like phlegm in the channel or right. whatever. And importantly, the lung channel, I mean, just so if people who are total newbies to it, lung channel may not be really anywhere near the lung at all. I mean, it does go near the lungs, but it, you might you might be pressing along the, the arm and, and other places yeah. and, and that. So so people might be surprised, again, that you're, you're, you know, if they come in with a cough, that you're palpating their arms. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah, the lung, the lung channel emerges from the lung, but then goes up the shoulder and down the arm, right? Um, as again, just for our listeners. So yeah, as, as most of the channels either emerge from the cavity, the chest cavity or the um, uh, somewhere in the trunk in their associated organ and then go down either the arm or the leg, depending on what its deal is. Um, so, so yeah, I do a fair amount of palpation and also like heat is interesting. So sometimes people have like, a part of their body that's really noticeably colder than the rest of their body only in one particular place. And that's interesting or a part that's really hot. Um, right. So that's all important stuff to know. Totally. Um, and then do there's looking do, at, um, Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, do you do abdominal palpation as well? Or do you, is that not I hard? don't at this moment yeah. do that. Um, I know enough about it to feel like I don't know enough, you know? <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do do tongue as well. Um, so I'll ask people to stick out their tongue and then I'll ask them to, to, um, let me see the underside of their tongue, which is frequently a weird thing that people don't, uh, aren't used to people asking them to do, which is fair enough. Um, and we're looking for, um, uh, similar information as the pulse, but more about the digestive system and the overall like state of blood in the body. Uh, particularly under the tongue. If we see like dark swollen veins, it tells us that blood is not moving in an ideal way throughout the body. Um, some people say that's particularly true for the head. I'm not really sure. Interesting. Yeah. 
there's like different schools of thought about that. But in general, if I see dark swollen wings, I'm like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, something's happening. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so, so there's the kind of the hands on diagnostics portion and then there's actually the treatment. So why don't you just, you know, what kind of treatments do you, cause again, it's, it's pretty unique. I mean, we all do needles, but there's, you know, other way, different ways that people do it. And so just if you can walk us through that a little bit, that'd be great. Yeah. So I use, um, 34 gauge needles, which are not super huge. Uh, some people use 36s, it's to your taste. Um, generally speaking, I use one inch needles, um, sometimes longer, depending on what's going on. And I, my prudence tend to be between like 10 and 20 total needles. Um, I usually like to do all the points on both sides, although lately I've been doing a little bit less of that because I've been studying this different system that does more one sided needling. Um, but I like to try to balance the channels. So all the channels go down both sides of the body. So there, if I'm going to do, I think about it as one point, but I'm going to do the same point on both sides. So it's really two points. Right. Um, so I'll either guide people's breathing or not to so like tell them to breathe in and then breathe out as I put the needle in. Um, that's especially helpful for people who are new to acupuncture or who are really freaked out um, or who are just really like uh, sensitive, which is totally a valid way to be in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I try to make sure that I'm just really paying attention to like what is happening for this person. Are they responding well? Do they seem, you know, like they're not enjoying themselves? Like, and generally speaking, after the first couple of needles, people will sort of realize like this is what this is. Okay, um, and the relaxing sort of set of effective acupuncture starts to kick in, and people are like, "Cool, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, relax then." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's actually a good question. Like, uh, while you're needling, do you have a tendency to talk to folks or um, do you yeah. find that happening a lot? Yeah. I usually do. I'm I'm just chatty in general. I mean, if people clearly like don't want to talk, then I'm not going to pry things out of them. But especially right. when I'm just meeting someone for the first time, you know, I'm trying to find out, like, what do you like to do for fun? And do you have right. any kids? And, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. And in some ways, it's like, I think about it a little bit like going to see your hairdresser or whatever. It's like, hmm. over time, you get to know all about their kids. And, you know, you're like, yeah. how's the whatever when you come in, in addition to your medical concerns. There's a right. human relationship also happening. Yeah, which is super important. And I think the the degree to which people do that, I mean, it's it's surprising how much it actually affects and contributes to treatment, right? Because people, as people become more comfortable with you, they have a tendency to tell you more about what's going on with them. And um, that that's really, yeah. And, and of course, some people don't like to talk as much as others. We all, have all had patients that, you know, you get like 15 words out of them per, and that's totally valid and normal too but but a lot of people that i do think uh like you say enjoy that kind of rapport building and conversational aspect of, of yeah treatment. totally yeah. and then uh, you know especially the things that people experience that are a little more stigmatized um sure. you know people who are struggling with addiction like usually that's not the thing that they tell you in the first <laughs> right right of course, of course understandable and then eventually if one builds enough trust then that sort of stuff it's like, oh, by yeah. the way, also this thing. Yeah, this thing happens. Yeah. Okay. And then you, you do moxa sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, usually when there's like a lot of cold in somewhere, a, a lot of chronic pain we think of as being a cold process, which is where um, tissue is kind of scar tissue-y and like bound up and knotted. Um, and so it's not circulating blood well. 
Um, so it might feel cold to the touch, even because that's not happening. And Moxa, which is dried Chinese mugwort, um, burned either directly on a point or waved above it, um, has this amazing ability to not only warm things up, but also break up stagnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can be super... I've had cases where it's like, nothing was changing until I burned a bunch of moxa on the painful area and then the pain was gone. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. It'd be really important. And so that aspect of uh, treatment, usually how long, you know, are people on the table and getting treatment with you? Usually like 40 ish minutes. Um, okay. Depending on how long we talk for. Um, usually people are, you know, I, I tend to do, two-sided treatment if people are having back pain for example so they'll do um what we call distal needling which is needling not in the place where the pain is happening directly so like you come in with back pain but i'm putting needles in your hands and feet do that on the front and then flip someone over and go into the back directly and do some more stuff um just because we like to sneak up on pain i have a teacher roger bachelor who says all the time that you have to sneak up on pain because if you go needle right into it in the first uh, instance it sort of seizes up sometimes so yes yes yeah and that i mean i think that's really important for people to understand that and i think um it depends on our experience with other types of modalities but uh, some people can be a little apprehensive when going to see any kind of healthcare practitioner um, especially one that has pieces of metal that they expect to put into their skin yeah and uh especially if that hasn't been done well in the past such as getting injections or or uh, getting blood draws um that i think what i know of you and your practice and what i know of our medicine is that we we tend to not want people to sit there reacting in pain right the 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 point is not for the patient to sit there uncomfortable but actually like you said there's kind of a sedative effect that comes along with acupuncture and it really shouldn't i mean at least in my practice it shouldn't be painful the whole time they're laying there yeah no definitely not and i'm always telling people like if something feels bad please tell me because we're looking for people to have sensation and sometimes that sensation might be a little strong but we want it to be within a window of um of tolerability right and feeling like okay this is kind of dull and achy but it's not really hurting me and i feel okay about it um if people are feeling nothing sometimes people just are not super in their bodies so they're not feeling much but usually if they're feeling nothing it means that like i haven't found the, the right point um sure some of my patients you know like oh that one doesn't hurt yet so you've got to mess with it more <laughs> right, um right. which is uh always an exciting time and and again like the, you know so this this is just what's so funny about talking to acupuncturists is that there's such a diversity of experience right like in more japanese style needling or even my needling i actually don't want people to feel sensation if possible right where there are especially mainland chinese uh type of traditions where if you're not feeling something nothing's happening right so it's it's a super interesting uh diversity which is kind of why i want to talk to everybody about it just so people get a sense for like okay what should i expect um from from each practitioner so that's great yeah so okay so they have treatment. Um, and I know that you do uh, herbs for some patients. And so that's something uh, because you leave the room during treatment. Is that right? Yeah. So, and, and you're, so, I mean, obviously um, for some treatments, you might be in the room longer than others, but most acupuncturists do uh, leave the room for some period of time and let the person rest. Yeah. And yeah, and usually you're doing other stuff uh, during that time, but um, so f- about forty minutes or something like that. And so after after treatment, what can people expect? Yeah, well, I the way that I've been practicing, especially lately. First of all, I'm the kind of weirdo who tends to put crystals on people. So once I put the needles in, then I put crystals on people. <laughs> There's like a lot of 
levels. And then I turn on some like nice music so people can kind of sure. hang out. Um, usually there's like a warming thing on the bed so people feel toasty. And then I will come in every seven or so minutes and re-stimulate the needles, um, especially if the person, if I'm treating pain. Um, and so that's, I'm not like just gone for half an hour. I'm kind of in and out. Checking right, 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 right. If there's a heat lamp I have, I want to check that it's like the right distance away and all that stuff. So of course. Um, yeah. there's a little bit more checking in. Um, but yeah, when I'm gone, I'll probably be brainstorming about an herbal formula to give them unless they just like don't want herbs or won't take them or they're not indicated, but generally speaking, they're indicated. So, um, most of my patients end up on a formula of some kind, especially if, unless it's like an acute injury, like even then I probably will want to, but yeah. Um, especially okay, so someone then, who's coming in for like a chronic digestive complaint, for example, like of course. our treatment's going to be much more effective if we're also doing herbs, which is something I, people don't um, think about herbs as being powerful, and so they're usually yeah, like, eh, "What you want me to do this thing too?" They they think of it as a supplement, and they're like, oh, "I take supplements all the time, and nothing happens." <laughs> right, um, right. And so, why would I take your yeah. supplement and have nothing happen? Um, yeah. So I'm frequently trying to sort of convince people like, no, it will actually work. And so, um, and the good news is it almost always does. So then I can yeah. say, yeah. aren't you glad you took this? <laughs> yeah. Pe- people, people, th- you're right. They think of it more like a supplement or like a tea, like a, you know, you'd get ginger tea from the store or something and they don't think of yeah. it more like a pharmaceutical. And while it's not like a pharmaceutical in a number of important ways, um, there is this degree to which you really do have to like inform people like, no, this is, <laughs> this is actually part of the treatment and can actually really enhance the healing process. So yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Um, and so after, after the treatment, there's, uh, you know, usually, I mean, different people are different, you know, have different ways, but, um, people are usually a little bit out of it after, after treatment, just cause you're so relaxed. Yeah. Um, but do you tend to do a lot of like after, after appointment checking in and chatting or a little bit, I, I, after take out the needles, um, I, I lately I've been asking like, do you have any questions for me? Because I don't know what questions people have. And sometimes they're like, usually people say no, but sometimes they're like, yeah, what, what's going on? Like, why am I here? What's happening? Um, usually I will have talked about my treatment plan before I needle people. So there won't be too much like planning to do afterwards, especially because people are zonked out after acupuncture. Um, and so I just usually leave the room and then check them out at the front and talk about scheduling and stuff once they've sort of put their clothes back on and right right oh that's actually an important question like uh, to what level do, should people expect to undress uh, for treatment usually not a whole lot like i tend to just have people pull up their like roll up their pants so they can get to their lower legs um unless they have something going on where i actually need to access their back um or another part of their leg. So I might have them take off their shirts, um, you know, leave the room and have people undress so they're face down and then come back in. Um, or sometimes have people put on a gown or whatever if I need to get to like the upper thigh. Usually though, there's not a whole lot of undressing. Okay. Okay. And uh, do you do much follow up like between treatments or do you mostly just keep everything focused in the treatment time? I mostly keep things in treatment time. I definitely let people know that they can always email me if they have any questions or, you know, something comes up that seems weird or interesting. Uh, but I try to keep most of my 
um, most of that relationship in the container of sort of seeing each other face to face. Sure. Sure. Okay. I think that's pretty good. I mean, is there anything else you think people should know or any kind of misconceptions you feel people have that, that you think it'd be useful to, to talk about now? Yeah. I mostly just wish that people, uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, I think everyone has seen pictures on the internet of people full of like hundreds of needles. <laughs> the like yes. the spa style. I don't actually know that this that anyone does this. I mean, probably somebody does in real life, but like you know, there's all these Google images of people just like full of hundreds of needles in their face, and that's not <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> or or with like six inch needles sticking five inches out of their back. Like, yeah, like porcupine quills it's like it's an interesting art piece for sure but it's like nothing to do with acupuncture <laughs> i can only imagine the person afterwards is exhausted like right? when they have those like hundred needle treatments i know that for like facial acupuncture uh you know like facial rejuvenation acupuncture that they do use a fair or at least the treatments i've witnessed have there have been a fair number of needles in the face but yeah. i i've never personally put that many needles in somebody's head no i mean i was so <sighs> bad you know when i'm treating like sinus congestion or something i'll or you know like headaches i'll do a couple of local needles but yeah, I'm yeah. Like, sorry yeah those those it's alarming even though they're often not much more painful than anything else it's like people are alarmed that you're coming at their face with needles so yeah. so and you know i think that's important that all acupuncturists are trained and i would say people at watershed i i you know personally as a person who hires people really try to find folks who care about consent, (laughs) you know, and that, and that really care about patient comfort because it doesn't do anyone any good to have a terrified patient on the table. And so, you know, I think people can rest assured that there's not going to be, you know, this kind of alarming experience. I mean, there, there's, of course, especially when you're new to something, it can be a little uh, alarming or uncomfortable, but, but I think, I think I know that you do a good job of, of setting people at ease. So, um, so great. I mean, I think, you know, we had some other topics that maybe we wanted to talk about, but maybe we can leave that for another podcast because I think this is a good, kind of a good place to stop, uh, unless you have any last notes because it's, you know, it's a great, uh, just great for people to, to get a sense for, for what your practice is like. So, uh, any, any last notes here? No, I think that that feels good. Good place to leave it. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for uh, being on the podcast again, and hopefully we'll have you back soon and we can talk uh, about some other topics, maybe some specific stuff that you've been treating and uh, things that you've been learning and and, uh, go from there. Yeah, anytime. All right. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.